0: hello and welcome to fast charge the weekly smartphone podcast from the team here at tech advisor i am as ever your host dom uh joined this week by two of the usual suspects and someone new uh lewis and toddy are here as ever dragging themselves through another thursday onto the show (laughs) uh but we have the welcome appearance of henry henry is the new phones editor at the techvisor team. I seen you, Hammy actually used to work for us. So anyone who's been on our YouTube channel for for a few years will probably recognise him. Uh, before he was a, a mainstay on the YouTube channel. Before he decided to swan off for New Zealand, to two year, for two years to get a bit of a tan, grow his hair out, uh, and then and then come back because he got bored of not having loads of phones around. I suppose. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> there
1: aren't there aren't many phones in New Zealand. It's true. But uh, no, glad to be back swimming in phones already, and good to be on the pod. Ooh. Thanks for having me. Well, yeah, um, cool. Uh I think with a bit of luck Henry's
0: going to be here quite a lot really. We'll see how it goes. Maybe <laughs> it'll be rubbish funny. and we won't invite him back on the show, <laughs> yes. but you know, I'll always have my YouTube back catalog.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: There's a yeah, I mean I think your iPhone 10R unboxing remains our, our all-time wow. all-time hit wow. on the YouTube channel. So I mean, yeah. Yeah, black and yellow mate. It's More work, than a million people needed. watched you take an iPhone <laughs> out of a box. A million, I think so. It was a made that up.
2: Yeah, it's a, it's comfortably <laughs> over a million.
0: Yeah. You're really good at taking phones out of boxes, I guess. I don't know. Right. As so we'll we we discuss back. shortly. <laughs> yeah.
2: potential
0: <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> no no missing element. Okay. Uh, we have a busy show today because people keep announcing bloody phones. Um, Thanks, OnePlus is more guilty of that than most. Uh, so we are going to talk about the OnePlus Nord 2T, unveiled less than an hour ago. Uh, so we will run through that. They also announced that along with the Nord CE2 Lite, for Europe but actually that had already come out in India a few weeks ago so we won't we won't dwell on that one too much. Uh, we're also going to talk about Huawei because they held a global launch event for the Mate XS2 foldable and honestly more wearables than I can count. Um, I, I don't want to begin trying to figure out how many, Toddy sent me a list of everything they'd unveiled and I stopped reading it halfway down because it was too long. <laughs> But there's a lot of new Huawei things you can strap to your wrist if you're so inclined. Uh, and then finally, we are going to turn to the Poco F4 GT because Henry has been playing around with that. And we want to uh, you I know have. subject his first phone review on the lot of you. <laughs> before that, let's <laughs> run through some other bits and pieces from this week's Because like I said, it has been busy. Uh, so we also had the Vivo X80 series global launch. So much like Huawei, this is phones that had been announced before, now getting a global release. Uh, it's just the x80 and the x80 pro they are coming out across Asia and Latin America and Europe though only the pro model is coming to Europe. Um, Specific release dates for each of them vary by market and we don't even have pricing outside of rupees yet. So this is still a kind of very tentative global launch in the sense that they announced some bits and there's a lot more bits not yet announced. Uh, but I have the X80 Pro. I've only begun playing around with it yet, so I'm not ready to review, but you can go watch my first impressions of the phone on the YouTube channel if you're so inclined. Uh, and we will probably chat about it in the future when I'm ready to kind of go a bit more in depth on particularly the
1: camera performance, which is really going to be well, what you You're a big, big Vivo guy though, aren't you? I mean, we, I watched I your, uh, your Vivo video. Oh, and yeah. It was already getting pretty in-depth on your opinions. you got some <laughs> feels, haven't
0: you? Yeah, I mean, this is at the level where I'm, like, you know, debating the merits of how they've switched different stabilisation tech between the camera lenses <laughs> uh, and which Just layout Just the mainstream stuff, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> the casual stuff most phone owners really, really want to worry about. But, no, I mean, from from my first like few hours, few days with the X80 Pro, I'm really, really impressed so far. But uh, I, I need to break it down a bit further because the X70 Pro Plus was so
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, we have a lot more launches coming up is the other thing. So this week there is going to be a Snapdragon launch. I believe it is officially called Snapdragon Night. It mm-hmm. takes place tomorrow. We are <laughs> probably expecting the 8 Gen 1 Plus and maybe the 7 Gen 1. So could be could be two new chips, but who knows with Qualcomm, they they tend to keep things pretty close to their chest, but that's basically what we're expecting. We then have, next week, the Oppo Reno 8 series launching in China on Monday. The Redmi Note 11T series launching in China on Tuesday. Uh, Despite the fact that actually there's already been a Redmi Note 11T 5G in India, but we think that's a different phone to the Note 11Ts they're about to launch in China. Sometimes
3: I like question whether going global for our coverage was the right call.
0: (laughs) I I hate it. I hate it so much. (laughs) uh and then the week after next Honor 70 series arrives on monday the 30th of may uh so that is their kind of upper mid-range or lower premium depending on how you look at it not quite the magic four level i feel like the honor 60s only were only a couple months ago i I swear it has not been that long (laughs) but there are more Honor phones. uh what else interesting one i wanted to talk about briefly because we've kind of seen this rumored before but uh there is now a 5G phone case for the Huawei P50 Pro. (laughs) Uh, It is not actually made by Huawei, funnily enough, though I wonder how involved they may have been in terms of supporting this into existence. Uh, But another company has released a phone case, uh, in China at least, I'm not sure how widely it will go out, um, that basically has a 5G modem in the case along with a really simple processor and then a USB port. So it is... It connects to the phone through its USB-C port, but then there's still access to the case's USB-C port to charge the case and the phone together. Um, And yeah, it it gives the P50 Pro 5G. And to the extent that apparently it shows up in the networking bars on on the phone itself and stuff like that, it really seems seamlessly like the phone is now a 5G phone from what I understand.
1: Is this something that, I mean, it looks like this one is specifically for that phone, but is Mm. this like a product that people could sell and just plug into like an old 3G phone? And and maybe you need USB-C, but is this an accessory that would work with other phones? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how much
0: direct software support has been had Mm. to be baked in to make something like this work. Again, it's not really clear how tied Huawei has been to this enterprise, whether it's fully a third-party company saying we can make this work. Or Huawei really designing, like, here's how this would work, but it's not us getting the modems. So, you know, <laughs> please look the other no, way.
3: They're like, We've done absolutely nothing. <laughs> <Yeah. Okay. laughs> I can only imagine that they left in any code for like the 5G bar and the icon and everything. Like, they didn't bother taking that out when yeah. they had to strip out 5G from their phones internally. So
0: mm-hmm. mm. but it would be interesting. I mean, it's a massive thing for Huawei if they can start to supply these. I again, because they can't buy the part, I suspect they couldn't even make these themselves if they could start just buying them off these other companies making them and bundling mm. them with phones they can functionally start selling 5g phones again which is huge for them um
1: well, Toddy, but yeah you could Toddy, see a market a pretty funny for other ones. funny point in the slack channel that uh the other thing they need is a case that uh has google services that's the it. real channel <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was yeah. the real burn <laughs> the uh, yeah i can see the
0: integration there being just a, just a teensy Maybe bit a trickier from a software perspective <laughs> yeah just a fraction um, and the other bit of news that I guess we should talk about, uh, I'm going to hand over to Lewis because I know nothing beyond the headline of the story he wrote. But I hear that Fortnite is coming back to iPhone and iPad, and it's better than ever,
2: new and improved. Wow, you got you got all the news right there, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's it's back after a two year, nearly two year hiatus from the App Store. Well, it's not. It's technically it's not back on the App Store, but it's back on iPhone via Nvidia GeForce Now. Uh, um, right. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got a cloud stream it to your phone, but what makes this different? Because Fortnite has been on various cloud streaming services up to this point, and you've been able to stream them on your phone. But the difference is, you've always needed a controller because it's always been like the console or the PC version of the game. Whereas this, uh, Nvidia and Epic have worked together to bring full touchscreen support back to Fortnite, um, and it extends. So it's got like things like it will extend to the full edges of the display, which very rarely happens with cloud mm. gaming. Um, and uh, 120 hertz support, but that's only on Android, annoyingly. I'm hoping it comes to the promotion displays of the iPhone and the iPad, but for now it's Android only. Um, and yeah, it's literally the exact same as, as it used to be, it's really responsive. But now, obviously, because it's being rendered by NVIDIA, you've now got lovely ray trace goodness in Fortnite as well. Oh, so nice. it's actually better than it did before. And because it's all hosted remotely, you don't actually have to download any updates for it or anything like that. So as soon as a new season comes out, you're good to go. You don't have to. Sit around waiting for a Netflix download. Um, so, so, yeah. The
0: yeah, obvious downside really... is you now got to be connected to play it. Um, yes. The other thing, do people need to pay to, to play uh, this Well,
2: you've got the free tier for uh, GeForce Now, which uh, gives you access to up to an hour at a time, and then you just have to disconnect and reconnect, which I think for this is fine because I can't imagine many people will be playing Fortnite on their phone for longer than an hour ago. Um, but if you do feel like you're going to be one of those. Die-hard Fortnite gamers, or just if you want to use it on your PC or anything else, and you want a bit more of a better experience, then you can opt for the paid-for priority um, tier, which gives you priority access during busy periods um, and RTX 20 series graphic core power. And then you've got the top-end uh, RTX 3080 tier, which gives you up to 4K at 60 frames, gives you up to 120 frames per second on other games. Does and feel a bit RTX, like.
0: Overkill when you're playing from your phone. Yeah, just a look,
2: just a to touch. I mean, yeah. If you're just playing from your phone, I'll probably stick to the free tier. To be honest, yeah. unless you've got like a huge catalogue of other PC games that you want to play. If you're just Fortnite, just stick for the free one, and you can enjoy it without yeah slapping down a penny.
1: And is Apple or Epic gonna get annoyed about this? Is this like a legit th- hack, or are uh, they breaking a rule?
2: Epic has worked directly with Nvidia with this, right. so this is their little so collaboration. Apple will be annoyed. Apple, Apple will be annoyed. because
1: this is this is they've shot themselves
2: in the foot because the yeah. whole. Reason for for NVIDIA having to get their own web based app is because they were like, You can't have it on the App Store, but if you do it via web app, you can basically do what you want. So they were like, Okay, Okay. (laughs) yeah, (laughs) so um, yeah, so it's really exciting. What else is really interesting, just before we move on, is that now that they've got this functionality in place, it should make it easier for NVIDIA to make PC games touch screen friendly. Mm. Um, so that'd be an interesting
3: being the 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 stadia advocate, still most, most like high-end console <laughs> oh, and PC games on that. Pl- the only Stadia one. Stadia advocate. <laughs> only, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, touch controls are just generally diabolical for any game that isn't meant for touch I, to begin with, I found except yeah. for maybe like the most
2: social chill games. Um, But mm-hmm. in yeah, I mean, for cool. me personally, I can't even get on board yeah. with the whole touchscreen thing. Like I was, I was always a controller person anyway, but I know yeah. that there are, I've seen TikToks of, of, it's mainly like children and teenagers and teenagers. But they're just, all, you know, multi-hand using all the space. The space on the controller, to... all of that. Yeah, I just, I don't know how uh, <laughs> it's it's a thing for some people.
0: <laughs> Good to know. Well, I'm sure Apple will be trembling in their very, very expensive shoes, I guess. That metaphor <laughs> really <laughs> fell apart on me. Um, okay, let's turn to our first main segment of the day. The OnePlus Nord 2T 5G. Which has officially launched today, um, in Europe, is it a global
1: launch? Is it India as well, or is it just Europe as far as we're aware? At the moment we've just been told about Europe. Yeah, okay. yeah, with some uh, vague European pricing, but some so- solid English info.:
0: Good. I love solid English info. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, uh, help in it.: What is the Nord2T? Give, give us the 10-second the summary, Henry. It's this. Slap. nailed it! Wow, that was, that was a lot less than ten anyone seconds. Just so listening
1: efficient. to the audio version,
2: yeah, it's oh, awesome. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> incredibly confusing. <Right>. Yeah,
1: <laughs> be- be- beginner vibe. Yeah, uh, it's a it's a minty slab of mid range phone, I guess. So the problem with OnePlus is that they're churning out phones faster than tech yeah. can keep up, right? Um, mm. Oh yeah. So, but even more than usual, even if you're like looking from the Nine Pro to the Ten Pro that Toddie just reviewed there's probably a bigger jump. This really is very similar to the Nord 2 I believe believe you reviewed, Dom. I mean, OnePlus might uh, question my observation, but basically the only things that are different here are the charging speeds and the price and the processor. So the price is the best bit. If you want a new mid-range phone, this is now the newest OnePlus phone. And it costs three hundred and sixty-nine pounds in the UK, which is uh, for the lower tier model, which is actually the one they gave me, which is kind of mm. refreshing because normally they give you, you know, the the maxed-out one. Spec. Yeah. So this is eight gigs of RAM and 128 storage, and that's three six nine um and from 399 euros Uh, and then you you add 100 quid so it goes up to 469 for the 12 gigabyte and 256 uh high-end version which is the same price as the old nord so i mean you can't really complain if the new version which you're gonna you know bump a year down the line for software updates um that's good uh but yeah not much has changed 80 watt wide charging which i think toddy can confirm is the same yes super yeah it was yeah like was the Pro. First to, to bring the 80 but also like switching
3: to VUC from warp and then therefore yeah. reverting back to USB-C on the charger end a uh, USB-A sorry on the charger end rather than C to C which is weird yes. I presume it's the same adapter you've got there oh
2: that's yeah. it. Is. yeah I thought yes.
1: sure about that <laughs> yes it is USB-A on the end and also just for context um I was in New Zealand still still phones coming out of uh, out of both pockets but uh, yeah, OnePlus is not wow. sold there, so I have not actually full time used a OnePlus phone for a little while. 7T Pro, I think, was the last one. So we're quite far down the line here. And I think my main observation would just be the big change for me, at least, in software. But <laughs> New Zealand does have Oppo phones, so I've been using a lot of those. I mean, what do you guys make of Oxygen OS these days? Because it gets—I mean, OnePlus basically just gets bashed in the press at the moment, which isn't entirely <laughs> fair. Um, I mean, the software. Yeah, I still liked good. on the
3: on the Ten Pro. As my last OnePlus yeah. review, I'm still pretty happy with the experience. I think it still has enough individuality from ColorOS that I would pick it mm. over ColorOS. Yeah. I think still.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And like you, you know, you get the Google shelf to that side instead. Although they do the copy thing oh. with the Apple, where you go down I from hate that. the top That's corner. A and get the, That's a bad move. That's a bad move. widgets. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't want those widgets. No, it's uh, really funny
2: because like I'm I'm embedded with that kind of left swipe, right swipe because I'm an iPhone guy. But when I do it on an Oppo, it yeah. still feels really weird. I'm like, there yeah. shouldn't <laughs> be a side swipe on on a
1: an Android. <laughs> it's that it's that notch. It makes you think like you have to swipe in that side. Clever, yeah. clever Apple. But no, it's been really good. I've I've had my sim in it for like five or six days. So I've not got a review quite up yet. Kind of one a week with it really. The battery life is really good. Got six hours of screen oh. on right down to yeah, zero, which solid. I think is pretty decent and topped up, yeah, 27 minutes it take, took to, to top up Amazing. completely, um, a, a, as the story normally goes with with mid-range phones. It's got three cameras. They've, they've done a bit of a weird, I don't know what you guys think about this design, and I'm not going to try and show the uh, the viewers it's on <laughs> <Yes>. there. <laughs> but what they've basically done for audio listeners, see, got, got, my, got my key there, uh, two very big black circles with a lens in the middle of the top one, which is a 50 megapixel uh, mm. Sony sensor, which is actually the same, all, all the cameras are the same, as the nord 2 and then in the bottom black circle they've then got like one at 12 o'clock and then one at about seven o'clock yeah and then in really tiny writing that's impossible to even take a picture of it says dol hdr which is for digital overlay oh. high dynamic range um okay. and yeah i mean it's fine it's just a bit bug-eyed and i suppose they had to make it look different because there's not much else different about the phone it's it's nice. a little odd because the lenses are much
0: smaller than yeah, the black circles the thing, they're right? mounted yeah. in. Even even on the top one where it's one lens mm-hmm. in the whole circle, the lens yeah. sits in the middle and there's a big black circle still around it. Yeah. And the bottom one, you've got these tiny pinprick lenses in all this black space. And, and as you said, there's this five o'clock position with that those letters, but it's really hard to see even looking head on. So it actually looks like the whole thing's just unbalanced where there's kind of yeah. two lenses and one of them's offset from the center and you can't really see why it's not directly below the whole arrangement looks really like yeah prototype-y it, it, it's, and it
3: lands somewhere between yeah. the honor 50 and the huawei p50 pro with that weird triple on one big black circle yep. but yeah the the, the proportions yes. are way off it just seems unnecessarily yeah.
0: big mm. and yeah. i what i really don't understand is because i think as Henry said this is, this is as far as we can tell basically the same camera setup as the nord 2 but it looks totally different. Like, it looked fine yeah. last time. It looked it looked pretty <laughs> nice on that phone. So if they've got yeah. the exact same sensors and lenses, why have they rearranged them so much and in such an odd way? I suppose way.
1: they've got to change something, haven't they? Like and it's the yeah. first is it's the first time that we've had a T yeah. series Nord. Is that right? So they yes. haven't gone to three, they've gone to two. And I mean the 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 um the idea mm. of doing that with the cameras kind of reminds me about the frankly questionable thing that Apple said by moving the the cameras of the normal iPhone 12 from being on top <laughs> yes. of each other to diagonal they're like yeah they got bigger sensors but it's no it's so people can you know so yeah, you've got the new, new iPhone Purely through the case sake, that though, you right? immediately put yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't think I'm not saying the Nord 2 series has the the same recognition Cache. as the as the iPhone <laughs> um but yeah I mean I just wanted to also one of the other things I just wanted to point out and also get your feedback on is like uh It promises two years, one plus of uh, Android platform updates and three Mm -hmm. of security, which is fine. Three of security is not bad. And most people, I suppose, do switch their phones after two or three years. But I still don't think that's good enough. Now, particularly with Samsung doing, is it four and five? Yeah, Yeah. four and five for Samsung. I think
0: I think really now three and four has got to be become the standard, right? Three, three version updates and four security. It should be because that's what Do you apply that to even budget Mm -hmm.
3: phones, like actual budget phones
0: the really cheap ones should at least be doing two and three because i again i think i think that two version updates has to be a minimum because i think two years with a phone is a pretty typical life cycle certainly the uk it's kind of the standard contract to get as a two-year one and if they can't guarantee you that they can keep your software up to date for the the two years you're still paying the thing off and the environmental implications
3: that would have if you just have no os updates (laughs) like just
0: awful (laughs) there just shouldn't be that much churn um yeah, I mean, it, it's it's I, I've just been finishing up a review of the Honor Magic 4 Pro, and one of the big downsides of that phone is it's two years software mm. updates, but also only two years of security oh, really patches, unusual. which is really poor. Um, and, you know, the idea that you could spend a grand on a phone, and after two years yeah. it won't even be getting patched for security anymore is, is yeah, that's pretty I, bad. I, just wrong. I
3: would initially like bad. cut them some slack because of you know they had to break off from Huawei and that's a whole process behind the scenes. But yeah. at the same time, they are also like riding high in terms of Chinese sales. So it's not like they're like short on cash to invest in
2: support for their no. own devices. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the other and thing I mean, you know, that oh, stuff may
0: change. I think we've we've seen a few brands over the last years as people are realizing yeah. in the Android space that it's a selling point. Some of them are going back and retroactively enhancing the upgrade promise for older models like Samsung yeah, has done that at the same time as they've announced a new ones they've gone back and said oh and actually we're going to give an extra year support to last year's models or the ones from two years ago so it may get better but there's no guarantee right now when you're buying it and there should be a
1: better guarantee when you're buying it, right? Yeah, and that's the thing. Like People oh, yeah. always say, oh, you know, Samsung can do it. It's Samsung, right? But then if, if you add all together all the BBK's brands, they are the biggest by volume now, right? So they've well, got a bit of and, money. And
0: this is this is meant to be part of the point of bringing
1: OnePlus and Oppo together and mm-hmm. bringing
0: Oxygen and Color together is that it made their software development quicker and easier and more efficient. If that doesn't translate into software support for end users, then
1: how do they justify that, right? Yeah. Certainly. they can't do you, do you like the color it out on podcasts <laughs> uh i quite like it yeah jade fog is what this one's called and it's, not glossy. Saying anything, but yeah. it's glossy <laughs> <laughs> and um it does show more fingerprints mm. than i thought mm. um and i haven't actually uh used the the other one which is a, a gray sort of black one which has the matte sandstone oh. finish mm. it's nice and grippy comes with a case just fine. how how is the um the
0: the performance cuz this is if i'm not mistaken this is the debut of the mediatek 13, dimensity yes.
1: 1300 1300 yeah um, yeah it's good to see mediatek in in a one plus phone performance is really good i've not come across any nice. problems at all yeah. um yeah i mean i don't know if it makes it more power efficient but the other day i was like using it all day away from the charge watching an entire football match at the pub streaming and then i was still using it at like midday nice. the next day so it was it was really good and wow. I can't really notice any difference between that and say, like the Pixel Six Pro that I've been yeah. using as well. It's, it's pretty in- zippy, actually. It has fewer crash- app crashes than the uh, yeah. Pixel phone as well. It's not hard, apparently. <laughs> um,
3: apparently. But it's interesting, like because we were just having this discussion the other day about Samsung's newer A series devices and the ones that run on Dimensity mm. hardware. There's some. There's some. Issue, they've got some issue going on. It might not be the hardware. It might just be their software optimization with that chipset, but
0: do you mean the, the exynos hardware not not dimensity for samsung
3: uh i thought they used some dimensity, uh, some mediatek chips in their mid-ranges
1: oh, it's
3: no no they're using oh. their own it's Scrap exynos that that's, that's, it's
0: the a53 and yeah. the a33 are all are all mm. exynos not well i guess mediatek, the other thing i was thinking
3: yeah. about was the the nord 2 used the 1200 the dimensity 1200 but the ai and mm. don you reviewed that from what did the ai mean i forget what the like, kind of importance of that was was it any better than the regular <laughs> model? <laughs>
0: it was a custom version of the chip with enhanced ai okay, so features nothing i mean to the end you know really. <laughs> okay nothing to the teraflops <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah i think you know they they would say exactly that it was slightly improved ai performance that i think they, i would guess if you went back and looked at my notes from my briefing a year ago you would say that they they'd probably singled out like two camera features that were ai powered and slightly more efficient than they would be otherwise
1: but you know it's it's that it's marketing okay. guff really yeah, there's no AI here. One thing I will say just finally is she's is also good, which was the same as the 10 Pro along with the charging, is apparently it's got the same uh, front-facing oh, camera. Yeah. And it's actually really good. The portrait <laughs> mode is really good. Not that I'm a selfie guy, but, you know, testing phones. So if that's your thing, that's probably quite a good reason to, to plump for it. Well, I mean, if you guys had 400 quid, would you buy this or would I mean, you, what else tempting. would you buy? For sure. I think I probably would. I think right now the... Last year's Nord 2 is the top of our
0: is our current kind of mid range phone yep. recommendation. That's still a year after it came out, and before that, the first Nord was at the top of that chart for a year. Mm. For, for all of OnePlus's ups and downs over the last little while, and particularly in the flagship space, we've you know we've questioned them, and, and some of their budget offerings haven't been killer. The core Nord mid ranges have still been really yeah. really good. Yeah. Um, I guess a lot will come down to how good the Pixel 6A is. Which we'll, we'll know in a couple yeah. of months. Yeah, that, that's the obvious competition on the horizon, but yeah, there's nothing else obvious at that price. I'd say, hips it for me. There'll be there'll be Xiaomi's like like the Poco we'll talk about later is a little more expensive mm-hmm. but similar. Um, Xiaomi's that maybe give it have better performance for the price, but I think the software side means I'd still yeah. swing for Where the one. Where my plus brain was actually
3: the getting a refurb or an, an old S21 because that is yeah. got better software mm-hmm. support even now a year on yeah Getting technical now
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it'll have better support this doesn't have wireless charging cheaper. either so you'd have that as well mm.
2: yeah but yeah mm.
1: good shout options
2: I definitely wouldn't buy an iPhone se that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> it's the same price yeah yeah
0: yeah um right so what else they also announced the nord ce 2 light yes which <Yep>. is <laughs> cheaper there's not a lot to say about that's new there, cheap it's more. a kind of
1: yeah. yeah, the the one thing I'd point out is that this uh, Nord 2T is 90 hertz OLED. And then if you go for the light, it's uh, 120 hertz, but an LCD. Right, so we, yeah. we've yet to test it, but um, I've not seen many 120 hertz yeah. LCDs personally. Um, And it's also got a headphone jack, and it costs from... Actually, there's only one uh, SKU. It's £279. So right, yeah. I suppose and you actually get the same uh, level of software support as the other one. So if you want to save 100 quid, it's there.
0: I think I suspect that one will also be good. I, I reviewed the C2, the non non-light version, um, and did like it more than I thought I would actually. Uh what does so C I... E stand for. Tradition core,
3: yeah. It's the core, core. experience okay. of Makes the sense. equivalent higher end Nordics trying to
0: emulate, basically, is what they
3: described it as right. in yeah, the last
0: right. briefing.
1: And this is the light version of that. <laughs> this is the
0: light version of the second. It's, it's a light core take
3: edition. on the core experience right. from the flagship. Five G. <laughs> With five
0: G, <laughs> <laughs> don't need a five G case yeah. with this phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the branding has gotten a little so fast. convoluted. So far, yes. uh... <laughs> yeah, I think it, I think it looks solid. I think the only the only question marks you'd have there are more the kind of industry wide things about their strategy. It's they got so many phones around the same price point now, yeah. and if you're actually a buyer going to the OnePlus website and thinking which one will I get, I think you'd actually find a slightly confusing experience trying to yeah. figure out. Hang on, there's like six phones between. 250 and 400 pounds how am i meant to tell the difference between them and yeah
3: i feel like personally like i think the the nord 2 and now the 2t like they have a unique place in having that performance and value and the software experience i feel like with the cheaper stuff where the performance isn't going to be quite as good i'd be more inclined to look at the Xiaomi range around the same price because i think you'll get more for your money even though the user experience typically isn't as like loved
0: yeah, I think that's reasonable. Um, and you're probably yeah. going to worry less about the long-term software yeah. support, maybe, um, at that price. Um, and finally, the OnePlus Nord buds yeah. arrived as well. They are they're really yeah, they're cheap. they're forty
3: nine they? pounds, euros, and thirty nine dollars in the US.
0: Also, it's oh, another wow. Nord product that's
3: in the shit. US, which there aren't many. So I thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they go on sale on thirtieth of May. Um, I think it's a little bit later in the US. Um, but yeah, they they effectively sort of undercut OnePlus, was it the Bugs 2Z? Z? I forget. That's the current cheapest one. Yes, I think um, so. The yeah. main thing they don't have is, is active noise cancellation. Um, but they have this thing called like AI noise reduction, which we were trying to just mm. lock in. So it doesn't basically do what cancellation does, where it's like actively putting negative signals of the sound it can hear outside against that sound wave to cancel it out. It's not doing that. It's just trying to do a, I guess, a half fast version of that effectively.
2: That makes no, no sense. I mean, so so like, they yeah, okay. they're
3: not pitching it as active noise cancellation. Basically, it's probably not yeah. good enough for that. But that I, I have used them very briefly. Yeah. And <laughs> they're super comfy. I really like the design. Um, they get you, I think, seven hours per like charge of the buds, 30 hours with the case. No wireless charging, but there's a fast charging. So I think 10 minutes gets you five hours of use, which is pretty good. Um, nice. Annoyingly, there's different colors, but the the launch today was only for the black model in Europe and the US. So there is a white pack in the Indian market where it was already available. And in China, there's what I'm pretty sure is exactly the same product, but it's called the OnePlus Buds N. And that has three colors as like a fun blue and lime green option as well. Um, but yeah, they right. look they look good and they're
0: cheap. Ch- Ch- China OnePlus gets all the good stuff. They had another they new do. phone this week. I didn't even mention the OnePlus Ace Speed Is that the one that looks
3: a bit like a 10 Pro? Which... With a weird camera.
0: Uh, yes, it does. Yeah, the camera looks a bit yeah. like a 10 Pro. Um, it's uh, The branding is interesting because the Ace was China's version of the 10R. And then, we, uh, you know, it seemed like kind of a new line for them. And then immediately we got this, yeah, speed edition version of it as well, which looks very different. So they to already the have Ace. Ace and
3: Oppo's. Um, like, they love Ace as like a yes. <laughs> sub-brand yeah. name. It's weird. But yeah, the, the buds look good. I think they're going to uh, be fun. I'm going to be testing them out over the next week or so. And um, so far, I really like them
0: nice well i know for a fact you've already had a bit of time to test them out because you have uh, taken them with you all the way to milan yes. and back um Segway. to <laughs> visit huawei's global launch of the phone that i think on this very podcast not very long ago i said wouldn't be getting <laughs> a global launch the <laughs> mate xs2 yeah phone.
3: yeah so so if you've uh, seen the mate xs it looks extremely similar but that's no bad thing in my book. And yeah, they they announced that um they haven't given it a specific launch but they're saying it's coming to markets including some in Europe and they haven't confirmed UK pricing or anything but I'm assuming UK as well. Uh it's going to be one of the big hooks I think in your piece on on the site was that it is, you know, finally kind of competitively priced because the last one was a bit crazy expensive it was over yeah. 2000 I think it's 2299 euros or pounds or something like that. It was pretty highly priced. The most expensive, I think, foldable at the time, uh, or one of. And in China, it is now a lot, lot cheaper. I'd say the European pricing, which is 1999 for 8 gigs around, 5 to a gig storage is still pretty steep for what you're getting.
0: That is more than I yeah, thought they it was, would it was higher for. than I expected, yeah. considering
3: the Chinese price is so appealing. Um, so it's a bit of a shame, but the hardware yeah. does seem very good. Um, they've finally got a 120 hertz display on there. It's a 7.8 inch panel. And unlike the Mate X2, it is that external-only screen design. So when you fold it closed, the yep. whole outside of the phone bar, the camera bar, is basically display. Um, but the back half shuts off. You can't have stuff going around to the back of the phone, which would be really cool. Um, I didn't check the camera. Yep. Maybe the camera might turn on, like the with using using the, the main cameras. Um, speaking of which, they have now put a front camera on there too. So you don't have to use the back cameras. If you want to use the full screen and a video call, you can now do that. They've got a little hole punch 10 meg, 10.7 meg sensor in there too um like the p50 pro series it is limited to 4g and it's a snapdragon 888 chip which is
0: and they haven't they haven't found a way to snap a 5g it's phone just case too new give it like yet. a week and they'll sort that out like no <laughs> yeah. problem i'm sure
3: but uh yeah also someone will to get a weird cable for that new case for the p50 and just like stick it on there. yeah um but yeah the hardware <laughs> actually was i was pleasantly surprised by how robust that external display felt i even there's a video on our instagram right now of me trying to open it one-handed and to do that i had to literally push in the middle of the display which i was a bit worried about but the device seemed perfectly okay with that and yeah it actually folded out well and it doesn't crunch the hinge doesn't crunch anymore oh that was the first question yeah yeah come review time (laughs) that is like i think the hook of the whole review is that it doesn't crunch anymore yeah this (laughs) has the same falcon wing falcon wing hinge mechanism but it's it's silent now it feels really nice really
2: strong and sturdy I, i was impressed by how robust this phone felt so yeah um yeah beyond that did they say why they're going for a second generation out of fault no. like it just seems like an no, interesting like, step maybe i i
3: my guess is just it's it's more of a differentiator in that book space especially if they can't compete on specs so yep. by having a design yeah. that is yeah, unique that point. no one else is really doing i think flex Pie has a design like that but who's buying a FlexPy? no offense FlexPy. Uh, <laughs> <Abla laughs> yeah <Escobar>. yeah um <laughs> So, yeah, I think it's just as a as a differentiator, it is good. And, you know, their camera harbour still felt really solid. I did a quick like side by side with the Pixel 6 Pro and I kind of preferred what the camera was pushing out there. It's their 50 meg main sensor. Um, and that was pretty good. The display is lovely. Mm. Uh, that 120 hertz just to keep it competitive. Um, the push button mechanism, which is you have to push this button in the back to kind of spring load release the display so you can then pull it out. That is still super awkward to use, but that might just be practice. But first impressions, yep. that was a bit finicky. Um, beyond that, I think it's a lovely device. It's just again, it's still too expensive, and especially with all the caveats.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm really surprised yeah. on the price that the only model they announced for Europe is is half a terabyte of storage. Yeah. And in in China, there's a 250. Yeah, this is like the middle model, one and from I'm the Chinese just, setup. I yeah, it just feels to me like. I don't know why they didn't just release the lower storage version and, and exactly. take a hundred euros off and and have that be the default because I don't think most people need yeah. half a terabyte. It's it's kind of over I should have for asked the actually. User, right?
3: The weird quirk of the the, the storage and RAM in China is that if you get the highest one, the twelve gig RAM model, it has a bigger battery, which yeah. I don't know why. Oh, so instead of four thousand six hundred, yeah. it's four eight eight. Oh yeah. Um,
0: it's because they're, they're, it's some specific battery tech isn't it they call it yeah. it's some new Super type of battery. battery
3: 66 watt but it's oh, like yeah. yeah despite that capacity it's supposedly like lasts extra long which i guess is great because you have an even bigger higher um refresh rate screen so yeah, um, yeah. but that was just one of many a product i saw uh, or at least they told us
0: about um <laughs> Can, can you name them on top of my head? The okay, your head.
3: <laughs> there was the uh, so we've already had the GT3 watch GT3 series this year and the GT runner, which is effectively a member of that line. Which I think Lewis reviewed all of those. So now we have the GT3 Pro and that comes in two flavors, which is the first time a GT watch pro has had two sizes. Um, so you have the ceramic edition, which is effectively the smaller one, and then you have the titanium edition, which is the bigger one. So it's 46 and 43 mils for mm-hmm. those two backwards. Um, I'm actually wearing the ceramic in white, because look how cool I look. Don't I look cool? <laughs> wow. The first impressions <laughs> for me wearing this watch, especially from my wife when I got home, was laughter and mockery. And I thought it looked quite cool. <laughs> but clearly, I, I'm not the target stylish audience <laughs> okay. who's going to be rocking this, this white watch. Um,
0: I saw the titanium on a, on another texture on this morning. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, I thought does. that looks looked great, nice. Actually, yeah, yeah, I, like, I like
3: the look <laughs> it, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, we can loop back around to the specs. Um, but they also had the Watch Fit 2, which is their kind of like rectangular display. Mm -hmm. It looks like a long Apple Watch, effectively. Um, The main hook there is a bigger, higher-resolution screen than the previous one. Um, And a few extra workout modes and and guided workouts. They had the Band 7, which looks exactly the same, but is a bit smaller and has a few fewer features. Like, there's no speaker and microphone on that one, for example. And that's a lot cheaper. That's uh, I think it's €49 in Europe, which is pretty good. Mm. And then, what else do they have? Oh, the Watch D which is they already had that in China, I think, end of last year. They showed it off at NWC as well, and I did go wrist on with it there. It's their first watch with (laughs) both ECG functionality and it can do blood pressure, and the wristband actually literally inflates. It's got a little pump inside. Yeah, Yeah, which is pretty cool. Very specific. Um, They, you know, like with (laughs) Apple in the US, they got all the kind of approval from the Chinese Medical Association to make it like a medical device, or or it, it can be used in sort of... To inform your health. Um, they don't have that approval. So even though they announced the price for Europe, they didn't really explicitly say when or where it's going on sale. And I think they're they're still waiting on that approval. Um, and the other thing was the most unusual where they gave us no pricing or availability. It was called the S tag, which is not an air tag rival or a Galaxy Smart Tag rival. It's a motion tracker. So it's like an old Fitbit before they had screens, and it's one that you clip to your your shoes or your waist and it, it's mainly designed for running and running gait and like you know running performance to improve your posture and stuff like this it can also do basic cycle tracking with like pace and, and speed and stuff um but yeah it's this tiny little seven and a half gram tracker that's all i really can say about it they didn't give us much more than that there's an interesting design but yeah so that was
0: all so so it actually does gait analysis and stuff like that? Yeah, they, they said it, it, step it, it count can track.
3: Or... I think it can give you 13 different posture recommendations for runners. It ties into Huawei Health. I guess also they did also announce yep. a, a premium subscription service for their health app as well with workouts. So it was a busy day yesterday in a nutshell. Yeah. I, think <laughs> I think it, it says yeah.
0: a lot about Huawei's current state in the global market that they did this global launch with one mm-hmm.
1: phone and five it's or right six call. wearable products. It is the right call. Yeah. Um... It is the right call. And I, well, th- what I was going to say is that I've, I also reviewed the Watch GT3 oh, and great. the Runner. And yeah, like you say, they've got one phone that costs like a million pounds and then all these wearable products. Ooh. But I don't know what your experience has been mm. recently, but I found that those two uh, smartwatches were pretty good, but also they w- w- work better with an iPhone. Interesting. Because unless you've yeah. got a Huawei yeah. phone, the, the latest wearables don't work with Huawei Health in the in the game yeah you have
3: you can't so I am using it currently with a, a Pixel and to do that you have to get the App Gallery and Huawei services on your device first and there's like right, Petal yeah. Maps yeah. integration which is Huawei's mapping app if you want that you have to download the Petal Maps app on your phone as well so it's a few extra hoops um, I did say actually to the guys you know that is one of the big uh, well maybe not big but like still a very key I think differentiator for their wearables their watches is that they have iOS support. Because Wear OS 2 does, but Wear OS 3 currently doesn't, like with the Galaxy Watch at least, there's no way to connect that to an iPhone. So if Wear OS 3, the vanilla version, when it does eventually launch on the Pixel Watch or whatever, doesn't support iOS, then that's actually a, a real strength for Huawei's smartwatches.
1: Yeah, Yeah. and you don't get pinged all the time because the notifications don't work. There's no third-party <laughs> yeah. apps. Nice. But I see that as a plus because it mean, lasts, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it lasts for two weeks and it it records all your data and you don't think about it.
3: The, all the press on this trip were given the two watches to try out, and it was a real mixed bag of the experience. But we are using you know pre-release um, right hardware uh, and and firmware, I guess. So I've got notifications working, but I can't get maps working, for example. And other people got different mixes of that. Um, Huawei in our conversations is aware and trying to address all of this stuff. Like they've talked about Strava integration, Mm -hmm. like yonks ago, and that's still really hard to get going, which is, I think one of the ways they're going to survive in this space is by getting that better, like app support and third party support on their, on their health platform. Um, Yeah. In terms of the, the the hardware, all you're really getting is more premium design and materials. So as the name suggests, that's where the money is going. The underlying experience is pretty much identical the caveat being, they've added a. It's now dive resistant, free diving up to thirty meters. It's now tested, so it's basically hardier water resist water resistance on both models, which is quite cool. That's not the thing that many smartwatches have, or any that I can think of. So yeah,
0: it's that is speaks so much to the problem with all the smartwatch stuff is, which is they're having to chase deeper and deeper yes. niches. yeah it's super neat, yeah. like how many people need that kind yeah. of free diving like support it's yeah. cool that's great uh it's the same as the, the inflated blood pressure <laughs> yeah. one right it's it's great that the tech <laughs> exists <cool>. but <laughs> yeah all, all of difficult. the core health features the average user wants are covered by everywhere yeah. so if out, you're right? if you're
3: happy with the gt3 line like the only upgrade is the design and it really comes down to yeah do you like the idea of a ceramic watch most people that I spoke to thought plastic first. It looks which, like yeah, or which is a challenge. <laughs> yeah, um, there's two versions of this. Yeah. There's one with this link strap, and there's one without. Uh, in the UK, for example, the the leather one, leather strap version, is four two nine pounds, and this is five four nine nine five hundred pounds. So it's not cheap, but at the same time, we did do a bit of research. Ceramic watches generally. This is actually quite a cheap ceramic watch. And even oh, versus yeah. say the Apple Watch Series Two, which was the the addition, was the first ceramic Apple Watch. That was twelve forty nine pounds, twelve forty nine euros, I think. So it's hot, less than half of a of a ceramic Apple Watch. So relatively speaking, it's cheap.
0: <laughs> so if ceramic was someone's main differentiator which is what this they is looked for yeah. in the smartwatch yeah. then they're set yeah what
3: yeah. they um, <laughs> this is the first time that the smaller <laughs> watch is the more expensive one cuz ceramic is so much more expensive than t- even titanium um yeah. yeah i think they are really nice watches i personally my taste is definitely with the the titanium um but with the right styling you can actually rock this it's just i'm not yeah, the yeah. person i think who would rock this <laughs> So yeah, that's that's an initial impressions on that. Um, but yeah, like I said, they come out soon. The the ceramic comes out a little bit later in, in early June, um, but the titanium comes out this month. Cool. So, yeah.
0: All right, nice. Uh, let's move on to topic number three: uh, the Poco F Four GT, which uh, Henry has been reviewing for the last week or so, yes, um, subjecting himself to what at least pictures itself as a gaming phone. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not sure Henry is a natural mobile gamer.
1: No, but, but that kind of suits, well, First World all I wanted, I think, yeah. with with, with uh, Again, I'll hold it up, but I'll describe it as well. So I think that's a fairly subtle design. as gaming fans um, go, sure. Kind of you guys have, have yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's got some, uh, like, sort of diamond. It's, it's like a matte finish. It's glass, but no wireless charging. Uh, and, yeah, some various design kind of stuff. out bits on the side. But yeah, that's the right word. And there's, like, a little... um harry potter (laughs) scar for the uh (laughs) that's the only really ostentatious bit is the lightning flash i
3: love Uh, it it's quite cool it's cute i like it yeah is it just the perspective of the wide angle webcam on your laptop or is it a
1: really wide phone it looks super wide to me it is a bit it's a bit chunky i think it's quite thick it's not actually that heavy but like it's very dense Mm. um and it's it's a flat screen which is nice for a gaming phone it also (laughs) um you can't actually i can't see but there are very small RGB lights. They had to get them yeah. in somewhere. So when you get a call, a <laughs> notification, or if you're playing, uh, they do light up different colors. And it also says freezing speediest, which must be a mistranslation. <laughs> but it made <laughs> it to print, and that's awesome. It made it on the wow. phone. Um, been... Freezing speediest. <laughs> yes. yes. Okay. That's what it says <laughs> it must be a mistranslation. Wow. Yeah. Um, I, I, I've tried to think. I mean, speediest would make sense. Speediest sort of
0: makes sense. Freezing...
1: Well, it doesn't the freeze. cooling, I guess. Yeah. cooling, yeah. So it does have some clever uh, liquid cool technology, as uh, as, as Paco uh, uh, calls it. And yeah, I spoke to their, their head of marketing, and he was saying that they... Well, it's got 120 hertz it's oh, wow. charging, which is yeah. ridiculous. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's so quick. And to do that, they have not only some, like, two little uh, liquid vapor chambers above the battery and where the charging port goes in but they move them as far away from each other as possible so the only time this gets really hot is when i was doing the benchmarks and also when i was playing um pubg with it plugged in a bit hot and like you probably laugh at the selection of games that i try to play on this phone because i'm not a mobile gamer so i did get owned in cod um and i just (laughs) was like in a map in pubg for like half an hour and nothing happened (laughs) like where is everyone (laughs) is it because i got put Uh, in at like the, the noob level, where there was no the yeah. one there. anyway <laughs> you in the with box. Yeah. yeah, probably. Uh, so what it does have, which is... um It's got these two little clips on the top, which you can... They say they're magnetic, but they're not really. They're just little switches that release physical trigger that's buttons cool. on the top. That you can like, lock nice them and away. As you, as you can see, you can, you can use them to... Oh, that's great. Uh, yeah. uh, or, also turn on the torch or like launch the camera or stuff like that. And you can lock them away. So when you do lock them away, they're gone. But then you also do have the risen switches themselves. Uh, but it does mean that it kind of gets it can masquerade as a a regular phone, which Mm. is what the guy told me. And I was like, yeah, sure. But actually it's true because it's got MIUI 13, which isn't my cup of tea necessarily, but there's nothing like too overtly game about it. But when you dig in, you've got stuff like the Game Turbo Mm. app, where you can assign, I'm sure you guys are, you know all this already, but um, you, can, you, know, you, can, you can do individual settings for games and what have you. So um, the tricky thing is actually assigning the trigger buttons uh, to various mm-hmm. controls. You have to really dig into the settings because obviously, like we were mentioning earlier, the claw grip, which I did not try out. No. That's what most people are doing, right? Um, but you have to reassign stuff. But no, it's great. I mean, um, yeah, I would say that for me, this would be the gaming phone that I would pick because I don't yeah. game that much. But it's got a Snapdragon eight Gen one, oh. and so the price, it's, it's at the moment it's five nine nine euros. Doesn't have UK pricing yet. It will launch in the UK, but we don't know what the price is yet. We just we've got a little early peek, um, and there's a, there's an bit offer of four nine nine euros for the wow. for the lower end model. So that's pretty good. That's I mean, wh- yeah. where does that sit if it's six hundred euros? Where where does that sit on eight Gen one phones? It'll be one of the cheapest eight Gen one
0: around. I, I guess the Realme GT. Two... Yeah, where's well, the GT2 and HM1? No, the GT2 is 888. It's the one that's the yeah, so yeah, so it's, it's definitely it's, it's cheaper than the pro, so <laughs> I, it, and, yeah, I mean, if it's not the cheapest, it's close to being
1: the cheapest. I, I thought it's pretty, pretty decent, yeah. And like, yeah. I mean, it handled stuff I could throw at it, maybe somebody else could make it cry. But yeah, Lewis, you just reviewed the uh <laughs> Asus REG 5S Pro, which yes. has an 888, which is an older gen, and it costs over a thousand pounds. So, <laughs> yeah. what, do you, what do you make of the, the comparison there? Why is that the case?
2: Um, I mean, I think they just launched the, the 5s pro at the wrong time because they launched it just before the 8 gen 1 was announced, mm. and yeah, and they haven't been quick enough to kind of implement that in a, in a new phone, so they're just kind of lagging behind the competition. Whereas... It's been
0: an odd problem for the gaming phones this year because the uh, Black Sharks had yeah. the exact same problem, uh, Nubia yeah. feels like the only big gaming phone brand that's managing to actually get its phones out on, on time <laughs> with, yeah. with the latest hardware. The
1: um, and so uh, I
3: mean, yeah. Yeah. So, so um honestly. just the, the thing that appeals to me just based on that, because I didn't really know anything about this device, is I know that ROG phones, I presume they still do it, but they were the one the first ones that I was aware of that did this kind of dual OS experience where you could switch the launcher so it didn't always look gamery. I mean, you could have the yeah, ZY yeah. interface. Yeah. But the fact that this like even yeah. like the buttons locking down, like so it really can masquerade as both, that's immediately like way more appealing to me. And because the design is not so crazy. Um yeah that's that's mm-hmm. I think a huge a, a very interesting play in the gaming phone space that I think has the ability to yeah. onboard a lot more people than most gamer looking gaming phones.
2: It's interesting because even Asus with this 1100 pound 5S Pro they went for touch enabled mm. triggers. Mm. And that, you know, the mechanical triggers are the next step up from that. So to get that from a device that's literally yeah. half the price yeah. is really nice to see, and I think is definitely the better experience of the two because you can rest your fingers on them without activating them, and you can't do that with the, the touch ones really. Yes, sure, yeah. yeah, that's
1: true. And, and like I've got pretty small hands, but it's quite good. Like design, you get the grip on on the triggers, and then your the little gap where your forefinger curves—that's exactly where the, the quad huh. speakers are. And even if, it, because of the, the design, like, I don't quite know how they've done it, but even when you put your fingers over them, it doesn't actually muffle the noise that much. So the speakers are also really good on here. Wow. Um, the cameras are nothing to write home about in particular, but um, when <laughs> I spoke when I spoke to the head of marketing, his own admission was like, yeah, that's not a concentration. It keeps the price down. 64 megapixel main sensor is fine, but uh, the other two aren't I like fine. that you, you know, you spoke <laughs> to the head of marketing, but you didn't ask about the, what was it, frozen sp- Freezing, Freezing speediest. speediest. So I didn't have the. I didn't oh. have the phone when I spoke to him, and he wasn't going to bring it up. Uh, so I so. didn't know. No, <laughs> <laughs> he kept that on the DL. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, <laughs> yeah, I'll have to save that for next time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But no, it's good. It's good. I, I think we'll we'll probably get it in the best gaming phone chart. It's definitely one of the best value. Yeah, it sounds incredible value. Yeah,
2: for sure.
1: Yeah, I've been really impressed by what what I've read about it from from your review and from
0: talking to you. And we reviewed the regular F three last year. And thought really highly of it. but I don't think the F3 GT. I think there the was an F3 GT, but yeah. it didn't get a European release,
1: so we never we never got our hands on it. Yeah, um, I asked him but, about a regular Poco F4, and he just said, "Stay tuned." So, so. we can expect one, and hopefully, well, that will probably be more likely to be the one that's sort of a uh, fighting with the Nord 2, right? Those yeah, two phones are quite so. comparable.
0: The F3 was pretty close last year, and and you know these sound kind of similar in that the F3 was. Excellent performance for the price, really mm-hmm. kind of you know over spec for the price point it was at, but still looked nice, you know, attractive design, very slim. Um, like an
3: 870. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that was amazing for the price. Like that that performance was insane. Yep. But this is a whole tier above. Crazy.
0: Poco has been killing it for the last couple of years. Actually, when we were talking about the OnePlus competition, Poco is is definitely one of the names that that would be in there because their budget and mid-range stuff has been uh, pretty exceptional
1: yeah they're just like little things that they don't bother with I presume like lots of cheap in screen fingerprint sensors are pretty bad so mm. they have just put one on yeah. the, in the, the button on the side just little things like that that I didn't really expect to appreciate but rather than messing around with a bad interface it's just quite thoughtful yeah designed
0: yeah yeah I think that makes sense I think a lot of manufacturers once they have an AMOLED and they feel the need to throw in the under display because it's expected but if it's going to be slow and frustrating uh, you know, cough, cough, Pixel Six Pro, Cough, Cough, <laughs> then you know just take it out. Yeah. Cool. Uh well that'll do us for this week, I guess. A nice little height fifty one minutes. Amazing. Well done team. It's it's nice. I like it. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> uh we will be back same time, same place next week to talk about all those launches, know, that tones, you stuff. All those many, many launches. What have we got? The Oppo Reno eight Snapdragon Knight. And the Redmi Note 11T series. One of Vivo Some hot or take all of them. the above.
1: Your Vivo hot takes. And maybe mm.
0: my Vivo hot take. Maybe I'll be there to tell you whether the X80 Pro, you know, lives up to my hopes and dreams, or or it'll be crushingly disappointed. <laughs> best by you know the intricacies of the gimbal stabilization on the portrait lens. I'm <laughs> back next week to find out. I don't know how much more of a cliffhanger I could uh, I could end this on. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right, that will do for now. Thank you, Henry Lewis and Toddy, for joining me in the show. Thank you to everyone who's been watching and listening. And see you all next week. Bye.
2: Bye. Bye.